Welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla, a sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. So grab a cup of cocoa, your favorite easy chair, and the lube as we go sailing into the dark, sweet waters of all things naughty on Licking Non-Vanilla with your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. Hello, my little droogs. Welcome back to Licking Non-Vanilla. Uh, this is the show that you come to to listen to dirty stuff. Take your pants off, do what you need to do, and uh, have some fun. Uh, I am Ralph Greco Jr., I believe. And across <laughs> across the aisle from me, figuratively as well as uh, metaphorically, uh, but not in my heart. Is uh, who is who is that? Who who who, who giggles every so often? I don't know. I've forgotten. Who am I again? Who am I? I mean, got my driver's <laughs> license out here a second. Oh God! I mean, that's no help. Um, no, this is Chris. I was known as M. Christian from the green pastoral landscape that is Eugene, Oregon. That's right, all the way out there. How's your weather been, Chris? The weather here is sticky, muggy. New Jersey, Ew. muggy. How about you? Well, you know, not to one to like sort of lord myself over others, but you know, we've been actually pretty good around here. I mean, last year it was hot. This year it's like, luckily we dodged the bullets. So, yeah. you know, it's like hasn't been that hot. But good, you know, I, I don't do well with hot weather, so I'm quite happy with that. Well, that's because you're smoking hot as it is, Chris. You can't Aww. handle that. Who, do, who needs <laughs> any more of that? You'll 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 you'll, you'll, you'll implode. Um, we're lucky today because we have a guest. And it's always nice that we have a guest on the show, especially when a guest is uh, going to be as fun as I know this lady's going to be. Anyway, um, we're talking to Sarah Sloan, or is it Sloan A? How do we say it, Sarah? No, it's it's Sloan. It's okay. it's. I tell people it's like the it's like the uh, yeah, it's just Sloan. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to say Sloan A. Um, <laughs> no, don't don't class me up like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, God forbid. God forbid we class her up. Okay, and Sarah is a. Sex, I'm going to read this right from her bio. Sex, mm -hmm. kink, and relationship ed educator and coach. She is also the director of operations and communications for Hashtag Open. And we're going to get into Hashtag Open in a second. And um, we're very happy to have her on today. So welcome, Sarah. Thanks for coming. So thank you all both for having me. Because we, we always thank our women when they come. Chris <laughs> <laughs> and I do what we See, can. You know, we do what we can. We can, we um, help. We help. It's always we, you know, or but, you know, all that kind of stuff is really you know, it's an individual thing. And of course, you know, right. we can actually make someone, but we encourage. We, we, we encourage support. all we can because that's the kind of guys we are. Um, exactly. Now, for the past two decades, as it says here, Sarah has been helping others create sex, intimacy, and relationships that they desire through education and personal personal coaching, and. Uh, she got involved with hashtag open. We'll tell you why in a little in a, in a second on what they're about. But um, Tara, let, let's just a broad stroke. What do you think we're missing in sex these days, if anything? I I think what's really missing is uh, the personal understanding of what it takes for each of us, outside of all of the labels, outside of all of the assumptions, to feel pleasure and to feel happy. Um, you know, there's an awful lot of like, do it like this and five great tips for, for getting your partner off, or here's the exact 14 knots you need to know for bondage. But mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, like that's all really external. And what, what we know about sex is that it's an inside job. Mm -hmm. And, right. and so getting people to kind of, you know, think literally outside of the box when it comes to their own so sexuality <laughs> yeah literally outside it's like what it, outside of the box yeah i got you yeah yeah it's 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 getting people to really think about like what is what is this for me and and be able to advocate for that and who do you think's having the most problems these days oh my gosh um <laughs> so any one gender any one one age group anyone you know you know uh, I think it's honestly, I think it's um, people who were raised to be male that are over 40. Um, Jesus Christ, I, we're in trouble. I know, exactly. <laughs> no, I, it's like, but, but here's the thing is like we, we have done, um, and granted, there's still a long way to go for everybody, but we've been very focused over the past 30 years on empowering uh, women to have 
better sex. And the younger generations have come up with more of an idea that everybody gets to decide what sex is for them and mm -hmm. how to receive and give pleasure. But I think we, you know, like we have a group of people in our culture in here in the United States that missed that conversation. And they mm -hmm. missed getting the idea that like, oh, hey, I could get pegged by my partner and it doesn't make me gay. Or maybe it's okay for me to want to just receive and not feel like my value as a lover is on how well I give. And so we've got a lot of that kind of toxic masculinity, the assumptions of what it means to be male, coupled with the fact that it's really only in the last 15 years that we've started talking about um, the right to pleasure for men. Hmm. And so, you know, I feel like that's, that's a big piece of it. But over and above that, I think there are still uh, folks that we don't even see as sexual beings. People with disabilities often get totally left out mm -hmm. of the conversation. Um, and people who are over 50, you know, um, we've got Chris. some great writers who've done some, <laughs> oh, Help I'm me, over Chris. 50 now. Yeah. No, but it's, you know, the thing is that these are all times of our lives where, um, you know, and I'm, as somebody who just turned 50 this year, hell yeah. Um, I'm a firm believer that the wonderful thing that we bring when we get older is that we've kind of been there and done that yeah, and we know mm -hmm. what's worth it and what's not worth it. And so this is actually a time of amazing exploration. We're decentering genitals when it comes to sex in mm -hmm. such a way that it, it allows us, if we step into it, it allows us to totally rethink and reconfigure what pleasure is for us. And so it can be an amazing time if people take advantage of it. Completely agree. I cannot tell you how much I agree with that. In fact, it's funny because it's like I know Ralphie and I are of a certain age, um, you know, because I'm I just turned sixty, um, awesome. you know, fast approaching sixty one. So yes, I know. Get off my lawn, you know. Kids music <laughs> these days is just my noise. It's like you know, I had a whole box of ice up four and five flights of stairs. But it is kind of nice to see that some people are actually starting to address issues around senior yeah. sex. And around you know you know disabled or you know um, you know people in that regard. In fact, one of the sites I write for is uh, SexForEverybody.com, which specializes mm -hmm. in you know mobility issues, you know senior issues, and so forth. And and there's also sex toys that are actually starting to market for that. Like Hot Octopus yeah. has you know a whole subdivision of toys oh, yeah. that are designed for people with mobility issues or control issues as well as senior. But it is still like something that really needs to be much more addressed. Mm -hmm. And I think that as as those of us who are, um, you know, boomers are still there. Those of us Gen Xers are we're we're coming up on it. Um, but we're we are seeing a lot more like when Hot Octopus put, when Hot Octopus put out the pulse a few years back. Um, mm -hmm. I was managing a shop in town here called Pleasure Chest. I'm in Chicago. And um, it was amazing for us to have a toy that wasn't something that kind of tried to overcome the lack of an erection, but something that actually mm -hmm. created pleasure regardless of erection. And exactly. that was such a game changer. I love mm -hmm. that band. Pleasure yep. regardless of erection. I love that band. Mm -hmm. In fact, I, I just wrote an article <laughs> I, I just wrote an article for Hot Octopus about um, you know, BDSM for seniors. And I also just wrote mm -hmm. one I'm not bragging, I'm just sharing this information. And I just wrote one for Sex for everybody on the Pulse Duo Lux. So oh, you know, know, I do think it's a really wonderful thing. I mean it's like a really, really very cool toy. Chris, what's pegging? Pegging? <laughs> no, I'm just you, kidding. Because Sarah Sarah mentioned pegging like just a couple moments back. And I was like, what's pegging? And I'm not going to even tell you. I, you know, but, but see, you know, it's funny. The first, when I asked you the question, Sarah, about uh -huh. what we're missing and, and what, you know, are misconceptions, that was the first thing that comes to mind. And, and certainly not something that Chris and I have ever, ever been, I can't speak for Chris directly, but I know him well enough to say um, that's not something that's ever been a hang-up. But mm -hmm. I know for a fact being, and I'm uh, fastly approaching um, 50 is so fast that I'm 58, but, um, I think that, yeah, but, but <laughs> that's one of the first things that came to mind when you're talking about that, about the, the stigma yeah. behind anal for hetero men. And it mm -hmm. was just, it came to mind immediately. Not, and I don't even have that. I don't even worry about that. I'm not even thinking about it. It's just funny. The things that are ingrained in, in society or the way we think about things that maybe I'm not even worried about, but it's still, it was the first thing my mind went to. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, it, 
it's still, um, you know, as a as somebody who's been teaching classes about anal play and prostate play for uh, a number of years, um, you know, I still do have inevitably um, people who come up and they say like, hey, something is wrong with this. I don't know. And, and what they're describing is actually normal behavior. I had one yeah. guy come up to me after a class and he's like, it doesn't, you know, like when I'm getting, when I'm getting fucked, I really love it, but my dick isn't hard. So what's going on? And I was just like, why do you think your dick needs to be hard in order for you to experience pleasure? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, because that's what I see in porn. And I'm like, oh, right. honey, yeah. you know, no. like, yeah, don't be following you, are, <laughs> you know, this, that's, that's like judging your, that's like judging how you ice skate with like Olympic skaters. Yeah, it's like, I, I've always they're there to that. make it look good. No kidding. No kidding. You know, so it it is. Um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions that folks have about what sex is supposed to look like, and and like I said, that's what gets us hung up. Is we're like, oh, okay, well, so in order to have a good sex life, I need to do this, or I need to look like this, or I need to, you know, it needs to look like this. There has to be a tab A to put into a slot B, yeah. and and it's it's getting past all of that BS and kind of going like, what actually makes me feel good. What actually mm -hmm. gives me pleasure? Yeah. What, you know, what ways do my partner and I or my partners and I connect that makes us feel great? Yeah, I, I think it's true, too, because, I mean, in, in the case of, like, Chris and I, we are perfect physical specimens and all the sex we have is perfect. So mm -hmm. uh, it's hard for us to get past that and see that other than just regular people don't, don't fuck like porn stars like we do. But <laughs> having said that... Um, I do agree. I think that, you know, the misconceptions, we get these misconceptions about kink all the time when people try, they go to try something and they're like, whoa, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And in mm -hmm. fact, I'm not even that interested in this now because I tried it and I don't like it. And Chris yeah. and I say this all the time. We're like, well, that's, that's fine too. What's in your head doesn't necessarily mean it's going to relate to what's going to happen in your bedroom. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And you're right. And Porn so is like, you know, one of those things I think it has a power to like, you know, show people other forms of sexuality because we can try to try it out. But also there's so many, you know, it's fiction. It's not reality. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, unfortunately, so many people still seem to think that they measure their sex by what they see in porn without knowing it's like, this is not a single cut. There's, you know, a lot of things going on in the background. These are also people who are professional, they use medication, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's done for show. I mean, yes, certain people, you know, really enjoy it, but it is designed for entertainment. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with what you do as long as it's consensual and as long as you're satisfied, then go for it. Yeah. I did. And, a, yeah, I went to a, um, a sexpo years ago um, and Evan Stone, who's a oh, very yeah. prolific performer. Yeah. Um, he was doing a little lecture kind of workshop thing that they do at these events. And he was like, okay, how many of you guys want to be porn stars? And like legitimately every guy <laughs> raised his hand, right. you know, and he's like, okay, here's what you got to learn. And he's like, you got to learn how to fuck around corners um, mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter whether you're enjoying it. There has to be the right view for the camera. Mm -hmm. And, and he actually said like, you, you have to kind of give up orgasms because like if you're going to have a limited number of them they have to be on screen because that's how you're getting paid and mm -hmm. it was really interesting watching the faces of these people who kind of had this idea of like oh porn stars get all the action kind of like hearing about how much work and how much you you literally have to work you know to make sure that you are right on just for that and the rest of your life is kind of off mm -hmm. to the sides yeah um, it was amazing to watch that and 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 he does it with such a good humor mm -hmm. um that that it, you know like he was able i think to reach some people and help them understand that what you're seeing on screen is is what professionals do but don't conflate it with your own pleasure absolutely no i think that's true now before we go any further let me just tell you where you are if you just happen to well, I don't think you're going to happen to tap in. You're, you're going to download these episodes. But anyway, this is Licking Non-Vanilla with Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. And to his friends, his name is Chris. So you have to call him M. Christian. And, uh, we are talking today with Sarah Sloan A. No, it's Sarah Sloan. But I would say Sloan A because it sounds so cool. Um, Lord. Now, the way I met Sarah was through uh, hashtag open, and we're going to get into that now. She mm -hmm. works for them. And um, I, what I did, was, uh, a couple months back, I think, Chris, I, I interviewed um, one, of their, one of their main people there about um, a specific problem they were having, and we'll get into that too. 
And uh, that was on Short and Sweet. That's the sex files that I write on Short and Sweet. Um, and anyway, and then Sarah, being the great publicist that she is, she doubled back <laughs> and wanted to see if I wanted to do something further, which is uh, what, what, what it's all about, keeping in touch with people, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, not burning a bridge, right? And all that yep. kind of mm-hmm. stuff that we all do and we all try to do. Um, anyway, so let's get a little bit into hashtag app open, if you don't mind, Sarah. Let's sure. talk about what that is first. So hashtag open is a dating and community app for people. I'd like to say that it's for people who want to kind of date outside of the boxes. Um, Mm -hmm. We have over 60 options for a gender orientation and relationship style. So people can claim all of their identities in one place. We have a really strong set of community guidelines that focused on respect, consent, and curiosity. Um, And we actually have found that we have developed amazing traction with folks who are interested specifically in ethical non-monogamy and kink. Those two groups of people, and and in fact, the overlap of those groups of people, Mm -hmm. makes up a huge percentage of our membership. Um, We're um, unofficially, we're over 60,000 folks worldwide, primarily here in the U.S. and Canada. That's amazing. and we we have a really amazing um, structure where it also reinforces consent through things like we have a double opt-in for messaging. So um, for folks like me who generally, you know, we, we say we're female when we get into an app, um, and normally women get barraged by lots of, hey, baby, and a penis, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I mean, that's fine if that's what you're looking for. But right. for most of us, We'd like to actually make real connections. Um, we offer a double opt-in ses- system. So, like, I, I know, Chris, you mentioned you just downloaded us. Yes. Um, maybe yeah. I'm going to change my location to where you're at, and I might swipe right. And you, if you swipe right, we get a notification that says, like, hey, y'all have matched. Have at it. And then we can chat in, in the safety of the app before we mm-hmm. decide whether we're going get to get to meet each other. Um, but having that double opt-in really does help make it a safer place for people. Um, and we do we do a little bit of an unusual um, setup for searches. You can actually use hashtags to search for what you're looking for. So if you went in and you say hashtag polyamory, um, you could actually see in your search results everybody else who's got that as an interest. Um, so yeah, it's it, I really like the, the fluid nature of it. Yeah. And I think as somebody who's not kind of I didn't grow up during the app times, you know, apps are to me, I'm I'm still that person who's like, how do I do the, I have to like Google, Mm -hmm. how do I do a screenshot on my phone sometimes? Oh, me too. Uh, Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. But I, I think navigating this app actually is a lot easier um, Mm -hmm. than some of the more kind of heavy duty, uh, you know, the old dating platforms like on the websites, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so I, I actually started. Um, working with them uh, kind of accidentally, uh, my friend Tristan Taramino was uh, doing some consulting work for them last year and asked me if I could, if I would be willing to host a meet and greet here in Chicago on their behalf because the person they'd originally planned couldn't make it. And I said, mm, you know, I've been around for like 20 years doing sex positive education and I'm really kind of picky. And to me, like dating app is always like, oh, I don't know about this. And I dug in a little bit and I read more about them. And I talked to some of the folks that are on the core team and their ethics were pretty solid. And Mm -hmm. so I was just like, okay, let's give this a shot. Did a little work for them last year. And then this year um, I I kind of moved into more of a full-time role with them so um you know it's the the old hair club for men joke is like i'm not just uh, i'm not just uh, <laughs> yeah. you know the you know but i am i'm i'm in the app both as an individual and i also work for the company chris what do you think you signed up for them what tell me what i want to say mean? it's like i i have to say the experience is very pleasant i mean okay. i like the fact that it was it didn't have that kind of like forced high tech feel a lot of you know dating apps have sometimes where you feel mm-hmm. like okay you spent so much money on the making the app look snazzy but then when it gets down to what actually it's doing it doesn't do it so and yeah. i really love the inclusivity i love the hashtag function which i think is really really cool um yeah. i just dabbled into it but i have to say my first impressions are extremely positive 
And I really like that. I also like the fact that, you know, so many of them are saying things like, yes, sign up for the 60,000 singles in your area. And by the way, mm-hmm. you can't look at them until you pay some ridiculous yeah, amount. And right. yeah, it's so frustrating. It's like, oh, we found your perfect match. It's your soulmate. You know, you'll spend mm-hmm. the rest of your life together unless you spend, you know, $25 a month. It's just like, oh, give yeah. me a break. You know, it's just like. It's that bait and switch saying that kind of sours a lot of people on dating apps. And I have to say that, you know, yours, I mean, admirably doesn't do that. And I really, once again, I love the fact that it feels like it was created by and for, you know, kink, gender fluid, you know, people. And I think that's really Mm -hmm. totally admirable. Yeah. We also, one of our co-founders, Amanda Wilson, actually has a background in game theory. And so one of the things that, and, and we have a lot of, uh, a lot of women and, and, you know, folks of, of multiple genders, not just men who are on the team that influences how everything is designed. But the cool thing that I've learned about game theory with this is that if everybody is coming to the table, being able to identify what it is that they're actually looking for then everybody is more likely to get the kinds of connections that they want. That and so mm-hmm. Amanda's, Amanda's priority with creating this app was to create a space where people could authentically be who they are, because we know that that's what makes, that's what makes the connections that are worth having. Hmm. Makes sense, right? Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when I spoke to, to David way back, mm-hmm. and initially how we got in touch was that Hashtag Opens would ha- was having – a little more than a little brouhaha with Facebook. Yes. And um, let's just talk a little bit about what that was all about and when where that is now. Okay. If, if anywhere. Yeah, um, it's, it's actually in exactly the same spot. Okay. Um, so, so an interesting thing that we have learned is that if you specifically say that you are an app that allows couples to look together for a potential partner that that is that violates community standards what for At facebook, facebook you're t- okay right okay yeah right. um however that that rolls over to other apps as well we've been unsuccessful in in doing what most apps are able to do in order to promote themselves which is to advertise um, mm-hmm. But because we are a dating app, one of the features that we have is we actually have a really transparent way for couples to look for other partners, which is that you can have a single profile and a shared couples profile so that there's none of this like, you know, like if, if the two of you were partners and Chris was having to read everything, it would, you know, like there's a little bit of catfishy kind of shady stuff that can come with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we make it really transparent so that like I know if I'm talking to this couple, Ralph and Chris online, that I'm actually talking to Ralph and Chris. I'm not just talking to Chris who's putting, yeah. you know, you know, so, um, so no, when we applied to, uh, to advertise with, with Facebook, they basically said, Nope, we're not going to take your money. We, we find that you are against our community standards. Um, and the best that we can come up with is that, you know, they said that we're kind of in the same category as like, um, websites that promote infidelity and mail order brides. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and which I, I found really amazing because like the, literally the day that we had this conversation, um, okay. Cupid had advertised on there about like, find somebody tonight. And so I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, clearly it's okay for, for you to be very, you know, kind of sex focused, as long as you're doing it in a way that doesn't ruffle other people's feathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's just strange to me. Uh, and I, I, I'm not even talking about Facebook. I'm just talking in general. Like, mm-hmm. I would think if you're going to allow, and and it's it's a very fine line between what you just said, ruffling. Ru- whose feathers are you ruffling, and how are you? How right. specifically are you ruffling them? Right. You know? Which mm-hmm. is right. Strange. And we. We know that there's a huge number of people who engage in ethical non-monogamy, a huge number. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one of the most prevalent sexual fantasies uh, for for folks in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we I think I, the, I read a study yesterday that said that over 20 percent of people will do some sort of consensual non-monogamy at some point in their lives. OK, mm-hmm. so. You know, so when when we're talking about twenty percent of people do this at some point, how do you have a community standard that basically 
minimizes the experiences and the desires of those 20% of, of people. It just doesn't make sense. And so there's, there's very clearly, uh, you know, a morality police kind of idea that many websites and, and a lot of online platforms have about what kind of sex is okay. And you what know, kind of relationships are okay. I, mm -hmm. I see this all the time about business and I, I, I always hear myself saying this and I'm thinking I'm either really, really stupid, which is definitely possible or I'm not getting something, but, but oftentimes I see businesses acting in a way, and it's fine to have a business and say we will allow this and not allow this. I mean, it's your private business, you do whatever you want. But mm -hmm. there's, the, there's that, well, this is okay because I deem it's okay because it makes me a lot of money as opposed mm -hmm. to this. And the other question of uh, sometimes you're, you're – you're, what's the, the term? You're, cut, you're cutting off your your penis despite your your crotch. I don't know what the term is, but you know you're you're doing something that's just so counter to you making good business decisions because you have a wild hair up your ass about something, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know why you can't. And, I, and this is where I sometimes feel that maybe I'm just being really, I just don't get it. But why you can't just back up your your the way you you know, your, uh, your religion or your, your, uh, your political view or whatever it is, and just back it up and say, look, I just want to grab some cash here. Let's just do that. Mm -hmm. Like just a pure, a pure business standpoint. So like, why not take this new company that's coming to me? Even if I don't believe in what they're doing and stuff, who cares? I can make my, just from a pure money standpoint. Mm -hmm. And, and why, why would I even let anything else get in the way? You know, like that's bad yeah. business practices. And evidently, the, the people who run Facebook have made gazillions of dollars, mm -hmm. you know? So they, they're definitely interested in making money. Mm -hmm. So did their morality get in the way here, or, is, or did something else happen in this instance? I mean, you know, what we kept hearing was community standards. Yeah, that, which is you know, and a nebulous term, which means dick all. Exactly, it means bullshit, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, we do have, though, bigger issues around... Uh, the ways that we can talk about sex online. Um, you know, we have FOSTA-SESTA, which has had a truly chilling effect on the ability of anybody in the adult industry to be able to communicate online about what they mm -hmm. do. Um, the number of sex educators that I know that have been bounced off of Facebook, um, not because they are putting up you know, inappropriate, and I'm air quoting with my hands like right yeah. now, inappropriate content, but because somebody said this, this offends me. Yep. Um, and so, so there is this very chilling effect that laws like Foster Sesta or the, you know, they're, they're trying to push through this earn it act, which is even worse because it means that the, there's going to be like a a decency board, essentially. We're going to go, you know, mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to call back to 70 years ago and, yeah. and have that level of censorship. So I think that in some cases, the bigger that the platform is, the less that they're willing to rock the boat too much. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, you know, like we're, you know, here in the United States, we are a very, um, sex terrified country. Yep. Um, you yeah, know, owning our own mm -hmm. sexuality, Absolutely. being able to ask for what we want. And so like when we talk about, you know, people who want to come in and feel like they're doing something good for the community, sex is one of the first places that they'll attack. Yep. Can't agree more. Absolutely. I mean, that's the that's one of the major problems in this country among mm -hmm. so many laundry list of bad things in this country is we're just so sex phobic. We're sex, you know, mm -hmm. we're we're just considerate like anyone screams and covers their children's ears and you know, it's just it's just hysterical. And that's the problem. It's like yeah. you know, so many of these industries don't know how to deal with it because if they you know, if they if they come out, they'll understand it anyway. I mean, that's the thing. It's like their sexual ignorance is radical because they yeah. look at something and they say all they can do is group it with, like you said, infidelity because they simply mm -hmm. don't understand it. And a lot of it, I'm not trying to justify it, but a lot of it I feel is that, that there isn't, you know, anyone at the head doing this. It's all a bunch of mm -hmm. mid-level, you know, people who don't know what to do. So their first reaction yeah. is to ban something. 
because they don't understand it and they don't want to stick their nose their their neck out and take a risk so their yeah. automatic reaction is just you know block it and which is so furious because they're such hypocrites because they'll allow yeah. like you know political misdirection and outright lies they'll put up false and damaging and potentially lethal health products up, but the instant you mention dating, sex, or anything else, they just completely freak mm -hmm. out. And it's just, yeah. it's so infuriating. And again, it just feels like there's no one in control. If someone had actually said, here's our policy, and here's how it breaks down, and here's how it works, but it's like mm -hmm. Amazon or Ronda Erotica. They don't know. So they simply have, like, they put out these ridiculous you know, pronouncements about what can go up and what can't mm -hmm. and with nothing to back it up. And then it disappears after a couple of months and comes back again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and many of these uh, platforms are using artificial intelligence or they're, mm -hmm. they're looking for keywords. They're looking for key terms. Um, one of the things that we know is from our experience with, you know, because sometimes we go and we, we try setting up accounts with other dating apps to see right. what happens. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, um, it's reconnaissance, basically. But, yeah, right. Um, we've watched pictures get taken down on there because they came close to showing a groin. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it there's just, there's not um, a clear understanding of what's going to cross the line. And everything is based on either somebody who's butthurt reporting it or, mm -hmm. um, you know, or, uh, you know, then having it go through an automated system, which kind of looks at the raw data and says yes or no to it. Yeah, I and mean, so, I think, uh, that's very true. I mean, I mean, cut you off. I was just thinking of Tumblr. No, that's fine. I was thinking of what, mm -hmm. what happened to Tumblr, you mm -hmm. know, um, what the standard was for what they could show, what they could say. And then it, then it goes by the wayside, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we try to, at, at Hashtag Open, we try to be very, very clear about what is and what is not. Um, the other thing is that uh, the Miley, who is our manager of product, uh, and I and our social media manager are actually the people who are double-checking everything. So when somebody says, like, hey, this person is violating something, or, hey, I think this person might be a scammer, you get actual human beings who are looking at it. Mm -hmm. And and we're weighing all of the evidence, and we'll, we will reach out to people and say, Hey, you know, there's a little thing with your your profile, and we just wanted to let you know how this is coming across. Or, yeah, yeah. you know, hey, your behavior might not be so fantastic. Would you mind? You know, we right. give people the benefit of the doubt as much as possible, but we definitely know that when we try to automate these decisions too much, um, it ends up silencing a lot of voices that need to be heard. Well, you know, to uh, Chris was talking about before, um, just, just a couple seconds ago about. You know, this standard and, and the censorship and all this stuff is up. And there's also the other side of the coin is, is, is the quick to judgment and the quick to cancel, mm -hmm. which, which, which doesn't leave a lot of gray area, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and because somebody makes some sort of pronouncement on Twitter, it's immediately seen as gospel or mm -hmm. the way things are and the truth. And, and there's no truth out there that way. And, and that quick to, well... You can't even you can't even question something because the minute you question something, you're labeled as well, mm -hmm. and and all that stuff just it just comes at you from all different angles, and you're in the middle just trying to just figure your own sexuality out or maybe look for mm -hmm. where I can go get a spanking, you know, something yeah. simple as that, yeah. and you have all these other things that are coming at you which put a lot of shame on you and a lot of blame on mm -hmm. you and and all, and then the people who are slightly even slightly marginalized and maybe have, have never experienced the things they want to experience, they feel, well, I'm not going to reach out now. Forget it. You know, the minute yeah. I do this, I get, I get attacked from whatever quarter. I'm going to, I'm just, I need a safe place. And you know what? Yeah. So much of this crap is happening around me so often, I don't think I'm going to put myself out there at all. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, like obviously my, my calling for the last 20 years has been around education to get mm -hmm. people information that's actually meaningful to them. You know, right. earlier we were talking about the fact that, you know, men of a certain age are kind of disadvantaged because they didn't get a chance to grow up in a world where, where we challenge their assumptions about what mainstream culture was telling them that sex was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Our teenagers aren't exactly doing any better right now. Like no, I, I, and I, you know, it's funny, we, you, when know. you said that way back when in this conversation, I thought the same thing, and I didn't want to say mm -hmm. it because I was going to say it later, but I didn't want to say it then <laughs> because, because I feel the same way. I, I don't think, I, I yeah. see what's going on with my friend's kids, and I'm thinking, they're spinning their wheels mm -hmm. as much as they anybody. Have, 
they have a lot of information, but they don't necessarily get information that they know is solid. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I get to every year I get to lecture um, to incoming freshmen, usually at DePaul University here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I get to talk to them about alternative sexuality and alternative relationships. And so I spent about an hour and a half talking with them about uh, kink and polyamory and ethical non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. And we break down some stereotypes every year. They get smarter. Um, you know, I remember probably eight years ago when I first did it, I said, so how many of you have ever heard about polyamory? What do you know about it? And, and everybody would say, oh, sister wives, um, you know, and, and like, I think last year, or the year before, when we were having questions, I had somebody who said, do you think that the BDSM community is more welcoming of people who are gender nonconforming? And I was just like, holy shit, where did that come out of <laughs> right. You know, like, like that, that's not question. even a question I would have, I, I don't know that I would have been able to answer that question into my 40s, yeah. much less right. talk mm-hmm. about it when I'm 18. Right. So I think that there's a lot of great information out there, but it's not easily accessible because we, we, we don't have ways to get that information out that are really solid. So, mm-hmm. so people find it wherever they can, which often defaults into like, you know, Pornhub or not, not that there's anything against porn, but if that's the only representation that teenagers have about sex and they have an easy time getting it, then we're not actually preparing them with all of the information they need in order to think about what sex could be for them personally. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And that's, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, you, even the best efforts of some really admirable people, including yourself Mm -hmm. and, Many other organizations are putting, you know, accurate and supportive and inclusive sex education out there. The mm-hmm. only problem is it's one drop in an ocean of this, you know, porn fantasy world. And, yeah. you know, and it also requires people to look for it, which is the problem. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people feel guilty even about looking up information about sex if they're curious. So they simply yeah. let it sort of like wash over them. And that's when all this ignorance and intolerance, I think, comes with it's usually come basically – like a digital version of like backyard, the schoolyard gossip, yeah. um, you know, and what you're talking about, I think also Ralphie about like, you know, how difficult it is. I think also because there is also that factor of, you know, sex and, you know, sexual supportive things will get more reported than anything else. So there's a lot of yeah. doxing going on. There's a lot of Puritans and that's a wrong term, just bigots who are just mm-hmm. looking for any opportunity to try and either, dock sex workers or report sex positive posts and mm-hmm. you know so it ends up a numbers game and again a lot of this is being done by ai so if you have an ad that goes up or a person's post you know it gets attention of the wrong crowd they report it like crazy the ai says well, there must be something wrong let's ban it you know mm-hmm. until a human being can look at it which can take weeks or months and mm-hmm. even then, they look at the numbers. Oh, my God, this thing got 20,000 reports or 200 reports or whatever it takes. They're just going to block it because it's easier than trying to you know, do the right thing. It's so frustrating. Yeah. 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 Now, let's just stop for a second. Let me, we know we're at the 15-minute or so mark. We are having a really <laughs> great conversation today. We really we are. And uh, at Licking Non-Vanilla, that's where you are. With, uh, Sarah, sweet little Sarah. <laughs> and Sarah's actually Words? really smart for a girl, which is really, really something. Now, Sarah, let me tell you a story about that little that little remark. <laughs> so I'm on I'm on a uh, I'm on a, a, uh, a sex business website, which will go nameless, Xbiz, and um, <laughs> I happen to I'm following a thread. Now I never I never you know jump into a thread because you know they're just people just they got nothing else to do with their time. Um, so anyway, I made a remark. I said the remark, like something, and I, and I don't remember what it was. It was something political, and I'm mm-hmm. apolitical, so I like to just push buttons and have fun with it. I don't, you know, I, I don't know anything. Um, and and in that in that thread, I said I said, well, obviously the trouble started when we gave women the right to vote. Now, obviously, that's kind of a supposed to be a satirical comment, and mm-hmm. I got smacked. Well, yeah, because you you can't you I'm can't have satire. You but the pro. I mean, so here's the thing: is like somebody that knows you might yeah. know, like, oh, that's just Ralph. Um, but there is no. Somebody said there is no satire font that you can type in. Right, mm-hmm. but, but but the only thing about that, and you're right about that because they don't know me. 
But mm-hmm. here's the second part of that equation. You know, so then I'm going to get banned because they said I'm going to get banned. And I, and I came back with, oh, so we can't, even if you had that opinion, which I don't have that opinion, but you're allowed to have that opinion. Mm-hmm. Of course you are. You're allowed to have any opinion you want to have. Doesn't mean we, we have to like it. Doesn't mean we have to even be your friend after you have that opinion. But I said, oh, I can't then have an opinion here that's different than everybody else's. And then, then I, and I said, even though this is not my opinion, after, I said that later. And they said, mm-hmm. okay, thank you for walking it back. I said, no, 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 I'm not walking back anything. All I'm, all I'm walking back is the fact that you're, you're saying to me, and, and a, on a sex business site full of liberal people, really wonderful mm-hmm. minds, big brains, you know, mm-hmm. they can't even come to the conclusion that even if you say something completely abhorrent, abhorrent you still can't, you're not allowed to say it. But what the fuck? That made me crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I was saying before about the cancel culture. We're so quick to say, mm-hmm. you can't, don't say that. You can't even say that. You can't even think that. And if you think that, I don't want to deal with you. What, what way is that to have a discourse? What? And it, well, you know, I tell people that if you want to have discourse, online's not the place to do it. Well, there you yeah. go. And, you know, you're absolutely right. And I should have known better. Absolutely well, right. It's also, it's, there's so much blatant hypocrisy because I routinely will go through social media and I'll report hate speech. They don't do mm-hmm. anything about it. You know, it's right. like, you know, someone will make a disparage comment about, you know, about, you know, queer individuals, gender fluidity, anything for that matter. And it's clearly hate speech. And I'll report it, and nothing. They say, "Oh, it, um, yeah. we didn't. It didn't violate our Doesn't community standards." It. It's like, yeah. what the crap is that? Meanwhile, it's like, you know, other people, you know, are getting themselves blocked or banned once again because they're talking about sex or they're talking about progressive politics, and it's just that infuriating, like, inability for these social media platforms to get their freaking act together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're, you know, there. It should be the, but again, it's like we're asking them to do something that they don't want to do. You know, because once again, it takes money, it takes time, it takes focus. So we end up with nightmares like Facebook that is, you know, you know, wrecking people's lives because of the mm-hmm. disinformation they're allowing to go out there. And they don't care because yeah. as long as the money comes in, they have no obligation. So the same thing yeah. with all these things. I mean, we're lucky they do as much as they do badly because, frankly, it's kind of a PR move. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the other pieces that they literally are so big now um that you know they're they're mining data and and that's that's actually the product you know the product is not even the app it's it's the data you're right about that absolutely you know i you know i have personally gone through a lot of uh love hates with my facebook um, because I, I don't necessarily feel like I have the capacity to manage myself as a person and myself as a business. And so I just kind of lump it all into one. Yeah. Um, and, and I've gone back and forth on how I feel about that because on the one hand, I, I like being able to see my, you know, the person that, that I ran into at a workshop last year and we had a great 10 minute conversation afterwards. I love being able to see pictures of their dog. Like, you know, I just love that. It's, that's what I go on there for. Um, on the other hand, there's, there's so much that is just, I don't necessarily want it on my front porch. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so there's this how do there's this tension about how do we use uh, social media? How do we use uh, Internet? How do we use dating apps? How do we how do we navigate these things with a sense of fair play and with a sense of community guidelines? And mm-hmm. the reality is with Facebook, there's no community guidelines. And, there isn't. you know, with 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 the website you were talking about having this conversation, there's no community guidelines. And so when we're looking for information, um, when we're, when we're going to download an app, I, I really do feel really strongly, like, look at, look at the company that you're, you're going to be joining with, mm-hmm. you know, take this attitude that you're a consumer. If you were buying a $50,000 car, you would read the details. You know, you would look at like, mm-hmm. how does, how does the warranty, but because, because apps are free or very inexpensive, People don't stop to think about, like, hey, is this actually a company that has my best interest at heart? Right. Does, you know, does, people... does, exactly. Does it dovetail with what I believe and what I feel is right? right. Absolutely. And if it right. doesn't, and, and it does, you, you, you choose. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And, then, and yeah. the, one of the biggest headaches is the fact, you know, for people who are in the biz of getting their name out there, I mean, it could be 
sex educators, it could be writers, anything. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, you're really kind of over over a barrel because there really isn't any other options. I mean, it used to be. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about the good old days here. Don't don't get me wrong, but you know, it used to be that was like there was like websites and that was about it. And now because of social media, if you're not on social media, your opportunities and publicity and you know you know range is severely limited, which means that you're really, really at the mercy. <laughs> And there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, they can, like, block you or ban you for no good reason. And so you have to mm -hmm. kind of play this waiting game of, you know, is this going to cause trouble or I'm just waiting for some, you know, right-wing loony to sort of, you know, put me in their near crosshairs and, yeah. you know, basically destroy any kind of social media presence I have. It's really very, very stressful. Or left-wing loony. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, the loonies are on each side. They're everywhere. They're, they're, you know, clowns to the left of me, clowns to the right. You know, everywhere. I don't care who they are. You know, I don't care what their political aspirations. There's loonies everywhere. You know? I, and I think, you know, we're talking also about, you know, like, we, we have culturally for years now been at a time where everybody is experiencing a lot of fear and a lot of frustration mm -hmm. yeah. and and it's not like we it's not like we show up online any different than we show up in the rest of our life you know so um i'm kind of very aware of the fact that a lot of times when people react to something online it's because they don't have context and they don't have the safe space to be able to do it mm -hmm. and so you know Part of, part of what we do is, or part of what I do, is I make sure that people know exactly what they're signing up for. You know, like when I teach a class, it's like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Um, I make it real clear that this is an opt-in. I ask for people to intentionally opt into that space. Um, mm -hmm. I ask them to agree to the community guidelines. We have been doing since uh, past, oh gosh, we're, I think we're at 26 or 27 of them now. We've been doing a hashtag open ed educational series. And so every week, once or twice a week, we bring on um, an educator who's really well known in the sex positive community, or we bring on a porn star, or we bring on somebody who has something to say about sex and relationships. And we, you know, we are very careful about where we host that. Um, you know, we, we know that at any point, you know, it, it, we have it like go ahead and feed over to Facebook, but we know Facebook is right. entirely likely to take mm -hmm. it down. So we don't right. house anything there. You know, we, we try to keep as much as possible on our own servers because we know that at some point, you know, somebody, somebody may decide like, Oh, those hashtag open people. Mm -mm, let's right. not right. have any of their stuff here. And we don't want to lose our ability to serve our community. So now in, in speaking of that, let's talk about where everybody can find all this great stuff. Yes. Um, you can find us on the web at hashtag open, and it's spelled out H-A-S-H-T-A-G open.com. You can also find our app on the Android and on the uh, iPhone store or Apple mm -hmm. store. Um, we have, if you go to our website, you can find all of that. You can also find links to our Twitter and our Facebook. And because again, you know, social media, got to be on social media. Um, our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are all oddly enough hashtag open because when you've got a name you use it mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. you can also actually find a link to our YouTube channel and we have all of those episodes of our hashtag open ads right there and they're available for everybody we don't care whether you have like they're not just for our members we mm -hmm. do some members only stuff that's kind of fun tonight we're having a lap dance workshop <laughs> via zoom that's great that's great like that. <laughs> so, that's well cool. you know it's 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 like sometimes sometimes education can be sexy and we want right. to do it. No kidding. No kidding. you know <laughs> well this is well, I highly recommend the channel, too. I mean, both the app as well as that, because it's so fun to see some of my friends up there, like Tristan and Laura Antonou and so forth. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was cruising. Yeah. I was going like, I was. I wanted away from the audience saying, hey, Laura, you know, hey, Tristan, yeah. how you doing? <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's fun to be able to see those, see, you know, some of my buddies up there. Well, Chris, that was the first time I came across your name was the, uh, you wrote a chapter or you wrote a story for her book, The Reunion. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the first, that was the first piece of yours that I read. Oh, thank you. So, so when, when Ralph was like, oh, here's my co-host, I was like, oh, I know that name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's like, there's like, oh, I know that name. And it's, it's, you know, um, but Laura, Aww. Laura is one of those people in my world that is just like anything Laura puts out there, I will eagerly consume. She's just amazing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And say, uh -huh. let's tell everybody where they can find you specifically, Sarah. 
Um, I am, well, you can find me in the app. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I am at sarahsloan.net and, and you would put that E that y'all were joking about earlier. Yeah, the E's got to go in there. So it's Sarah Sloan A, but it's pronounced Sarah Sloan. (laughs) Right. Okay. Um, Yeah. And it's. It's fun because if there is also a uh, porn star named Sarah Vandella for who for about a year changed her name to Sarah Sloan without an E. And so I caught a lot of joy out of thinking of people that were like looking for her porn <laughs> and found my educational stuff and kind of had like a little boner killer. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I, am, I am the boner killer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there are people that would say that about me and, no. and with, no. with a gleam in their eye, with a gleam well, well, in their eye. Oh, oh yeah, wait a minute. Let me give me a second to go. Oh yeah, maybe that does work for me. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm at sarahsloan.net. I'm also on the social medias with my full name. Uh, it's a lot easier to find me that way. Um, yeah, I you know I always welcome uh, conversation like this because there's so much out there that is just if we just open up and have these conversations and talk about our realities and create space to have like, you know, create a community guideline where we say, Hey, like for right now, we're just going to ask all the questions and we're not going to worry so much about like what's okay and what's not okay. And we get those answers. It empowers all of us to move forward. Well, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And well, you've, you've given very good conversation, I must say. And, uh, uh, I like to give good talk. And, and, and we, it was really, <laughs> Absolutely delightful. Time. Absolutely. We got back, got you back on again for sure. This has been absolutely, absolutely delightful. I would that, love that, gentlemen. Thank so, you so much. Thank you very, very much. Well, so we're going to, when we when get the episode up, when I think this will be episode number 15, when we get it up, Sarah, we'll share it with you and you can share it with all awesome. your, your good people. And I'll Sounds do my great. usual blog and get all this stuff down. So when pictures up awesome. and all that kind of stuff, you know. Awesome. And yeah, I would love to come back anytime and let cool. me know if there's anything I can do to support y'all. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, yes, Sarah. thank you. Chris, thank you as always. Oh, always wonderful. Always fantastic. Yeah, we are, aren't we? And um, this, <laughs> has been, this has been Licking Live Vanilla with uh, Ralph Greco Jr. and... Chris, otherwise known as M. Christian. Right. And uh, we'll see you next time, my little droogs. Thank you very much. Bye-bye, Sarah. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. And visit us on the web at www.lickingnonvanilla.com.